we please talk about UFC Fight Night 172 took place on Wednesday night. Uh, main event, uh, Keita versus Ige. Uh, I'm going to be just. I'm just going to go through a recap of the whole event. Cause it was a really entertaining event. I mean, even like the prelims were were brilliant. You had some absolute gems on there. The main card was very good. So I'm going to go through every fight and well not every fight, just the highlights really, and just look at maybe you know fights next for the opponent for the winners and uh, and so on and so forth. What I thought about the performances. Uh, you'll have to bear with me, I'll, I will be flicking through my notepad because I don't have a producer, because I'm obviously, you know, I'm a nobody, I can't afford one. So I use a pad of paper instead. Just as good, right? Yeah, of course it is. Right, so the prelims, this was actually, like, preliminary-wise, it was quite a big night for the UK. You had uh, two Welsh guys on there, you've got um, two English guys fighting on there, one lost and one won. And then uh, you got yeah, and one of the Welsh guys won, the other one uh, lost quite emphatically. But anyway, Jack Shaw, he was uh, it was the first fight on the prelims. Jack Shaw, uh, this um, Welsh guy, he's he is bloody good. Training partner of Brett Johns, I believe, who's, who's another. We've got a lot of Welsh fighters coming through, which is really good to see actually. Um, I mean, because they must have some real talent uh, over there, because I mean, we've seen we've seen some really talented guys come through. Jack Shaw, wow. He looked incredible. Like, go back and watch the fight. If you've got, if you can, you know, if you've got, like, fight pass, it's well worth going back and watching because, I mean, the guy he was fighting was a bit of a nobody. I can't even, if I'm honest, I can't even remember his name. But I, I don't think he, he wasn't the best. But still, Jack Shaw, because Jack Shaw came in as a minus 800 favourite. Biggest favourite on the card. So when you come in as, as that big a favourite, you really, you've got to try and, you know, put a stamp on the victory. And he did just that. He got the submission. He looked sensational. He's now 13-0. But he has got one problem. Like, because it's not as grappling, it's not as striking, because they're sensational. And he puts them together really well. Like, he, the combination, like, from, from striking to grappling, he just looked so smooth and so comfortable. However, his biggest problem is that he is in the 135-pound division, and it's just, it's a murderer's row, that division. Do you know what I mean? You've got your Aljamain Sterlings, your Jose Aldo's, you've got your Peter Yan as the champion, you've got uh, Sanhagen's, you've got you've got Sugar Sean O'Malley's, you've got um, Cody Garbrus. You like look at the fighters that are in that division. How are you, how the hell are you putting a, putting together a win streak like of any meaning against those kind of guys? It's just it's just going to be very difficult. But I mean. It, the fight's next for uh, for Jack Shaw. It's it's a tr it's a tricky one because this I think maybe you give him uh, a, probably somebody outside the top twenty, you know, just so that he's you know got his feet slightly sturdier in the division. If not, I mean, I don't think Sugar Sean O'Malley is technically ranked yet because I don't think he's fought anybody that's like that, that's top twenty. I might be wrong there, but. Maybe that's maybe that's a matchup they could put together because, like I said, Jack Shaw's grappling looked absolutely fantastic, and I don't think we've really seen Sean O'Malley get tested in that respect, you know, before. I mean, obviously Sean O'Malley is sensational on the feet. That that could be a fun fight. The only downside to that is one of their hype trains would probably stop there, and you know, they've got to go back to the drawing board. Either way, interesting to see what happens. Maybe Cody Stamen uh, will come back down to 135. I think that was his plan. 
That could be maybe a fun matchup for Jack Shaw. Either way, future is bright for Jack Shaw. Uh, and then we had Siviet. Uh, we, we have Modestus Bukaskus. Uh, oh, I'm probably butchering that. Bukaskus. Uh, he's a Lithuanian fella fighting out of London. Uh, re he he looked very good. He looked very smooth. But I've got to give props to his opponent. Actually, his opponent actually looked pr looked really dangerous. He was hitting really hard. You could tell that the Greek guy Andreas uh, Michaelidis Michaelidis Michaelidis. We'll call him Michaelidis. So Michaelidis had a, had a, a power advantage. He, he was throwing some good leg kicks. But it was a bit of a strange ending to that fight because uh, Bukowskis had him, like, he used those Travis Brown elbows, like, against the cage. Uh, it basically, for those that don't, don't know what Travis Brown elbows are, um, it, Michaelidis was going in for a kind of takedown, and Bukowskis kind of brought his elbows down, like, to the sort of just behind his ear, just, just, just around there. And uh, they're perfectly legal because uh, it, the, it, the back of the head, is on the crown, the top of the, well, the, the top of the back of the head there, and um, yeah, so he was hitting around the back of the ear, and he landed three really good elbows, which kind of, and if you get hit behind the ear, that takes your equilibrium straight away, the round ended, and um, Michaelides was just kind of on the floor, just like, you know, like, kind of out of it, and uh, the referee was saying, look, you know, they were legal shots, get on your feet, get on your feet, <laughs> comedy of errors, like, they, he, he went to lean behind lean on the cage, but he was actually next to the door, and they opened the door, he went falling through. I mean, hilarious from my point of view. Probably not for him, though, because the referee immediately called the fight, because it looked like he was kind of out of it. And in fairness, he was out of it. And also, I think he was kind of milking it a little bit, because he thought that the shots were illegal, and he was maybe pushing for a DQ. Because, I mean, he... he... But either way... He didn't look very responsive, and it was a good stoppage, and it was a good win for Bukowskis. I mean, who do you give him next? Really, it needs to be another person that we're probably kind of unaware of, really. Um, I don't know. There's, there's, there, I mean, the, 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 the light heavyweight division, you've got a, you've got a, lot, of, a lot of options there before he starts crying. I, I don't think he should get a ranked opponent next, because whilst he looked, he looked good, he didn't look... So there, there were definitely some things that he needed to work on there, like you know, avoiding those leg kicks and and just uh, yeah. But he, but hey, it's a stoppage. It was it was a good win and uh, keep an eye on him. Again, you know, Lithuanian. I believe he's the first Lithuanian-born fighter to get a win in the UFC. So congratulations to him. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was good. It was um, yeah, good performance. Lerone Murphy versus Ricardo Ramos. Now, Ricardo Ramos was kind of hotly tipped here because um, Murphy, um, he's another guy, he's back from Manchester, I think, uh, English guy. Uh, really good, really good striker, really, really good kickboxer, got great power, and he showed that because uh, Ricardo Ramos was tipped to kind of get the win here but because, obviously, as with a lot of the English fighters, um, so generally speaking, there's a notion that, that, that if you grapple them, they're going to come unstuck. I mean, you know, we saw that back in the day with Daly against Koscheck. And we, know how, we all know how frustrated Daly got with that one, don't we? Um, and, yeah, it, so, so Ramos, he went in to, you know, to try and grapple. And actually, um, Leroy Murphy, he, he looked really good in the grappling's point of view because he actually got a takedown of his own. And he finished the fight with some vicious ground and pound. He landed a really lovely elbow that basically 
knocked him out and then he came back around again and then right, Murphy gave him uh, gave him another couple of gifts in the form of some punches to the dome and yeah yeah it was just a ding and a ding and a ding and then you've got Leroy Murphy another very exciting prospect at featherweight this one 145 pounds now again there's it's a murderous row at featherweight isn't it but there are a couple of decent fights that I'd like to see here because obviously they put him against uh, Ricardo Ramos who who was doing this weird kick as well. I think he needs to, Michael Bisping pointed it out, but I saw it, I saw it, it was like, um, you know when somebody does like a back heel in football, like, or like a Cruyff turn, like where they put one foot behind the other. Uh, it might be, I don't know anything about football. Uh, I might be butchering that. But either way, it's like, he, he kind of tapped like his right foot around the back of his left foot and kind of stabbed out into like a leg kick. And it was weird. It was a weird kick. It's like, what's the upside to that, that you slightly jab their leg? And then you've got your legs crossed, you get, you, you get punched in the mush, and you're going to... That, that's that's going to spell... He needs to... His coaches need to drill that out of him right away. Just just get rid of that move. But, um, yeah, either way, Murphy looked very good. Very, very good. And, yeah, I think a good fight for him, actually. Shane Burgos is coming off a loss. And Burgos, I think those kind of styles, that'd be a fun matchup because they both like to stand and, and bang. Uh, like I said, Burgos needs to get back in the win column. Uh, you know, I think Murphy needs a kind of a ranked opponent. So, yeah, yeah, I, I would say Shane Burgos uh, against Murphy next. You know, do that in a few months. Bloody entertaining fight. Very, very good potential. Then you've got the main event on the prelims, which was uh, Kamzat Shimiev, butchering that Swedish fella. And the uh, other Welsh guy, John Phillips, who, I mean, with respect to John Phillips, he just he just got completely dominated. He got completely outclassed. So, I mean, fair play to him. He, he, he could have looked for a way out in the first round. I would have done. But, you know, I'm a pussy. What the fuck do I know? But he's, he, he was... You cannot question the heart on John Phillips. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's, it's definitely there all day because he took an absolute beating in round one like um Kamsat, Hamsat just he came out uh like with a head kick and like a head kick takedown combination i don't think i've ever seen that but he literally just like landed he threw the head kick and then went straight to the double and, and just got him down and it was just pure domination from start to finish ended up getting the submission in the second round um again Kamsat, he looked very good 185 pounds um I mean, you've got a few options at 185. He looked very, very good. Maybe you give him Derek Brunson. Uh, Derek Brunson hasn't had a fight in a while. He's a ranked opponent. I definitely think that Hamzat needs a ranked guy next because he looked very, very good. His grappling just looked outstanding. But did it look outstanding? Because with respect to John Phillips, grappling is not really his forte. He likes to stand and, and just and just punch and just get into a, get into a stand-up war. Uh, you know... Uh, Hamzat was like using the Dagestani handcuff, a great effect. It's where like you kind of like reach underneath your opponent when they're on all fours against the fence, and you reach underneath and grab their wrist with the with like with your right hand. So you're kind of pinning their hand. So they cut. They ha they have to post. They they have to post. Otherwise, they're flat on their face. So they're using their other arm to post, and they can't then defend the punches coming in. Dagestani handcuff, lovely, lovely work from the Swedish guy, and. Um, 
Yeah, I think really, yeah, he needs a ranked opponent next. So uh, Derek Brunson, or maybe he gets the winner of Little Nog versus Shogun that's coming up next week. You know, that could be that could be an interesting one because then he has a legend under his belt. I mean, literally, because the state of this guy's grappling, he will force them under his belt. That sounded rapey. Uh, it sounded less rapey in my head. I'm going to move on from that. Anyway, uh, moving on to the main card. The main card, again... Um, it was very, it was very entertaining for the most part. Again, the highlights were one of the highlights for me is Munir Laziz, right? Um, he's he just looked outstanding. He fought this guy Abdul Razak Al Hassa, and yeah, he just looked absolutely sensational. His, he he was just his flow, his his just how he he transitioned from grappling to striking. His kicks, in particular, his kick combinations were some of the fastest I've ever seen. Like what I mean is like he combined different kicks together. It's like leg to body, boom, leg body, boom, and then leg to head, boom. Just literally, how do you get your leg to move like that? I don't even understand it. It just he looked so bloody good, and yeah, I mean, I want to see him fight somebody kind of somebody good next because. Yeah, 185, again, I mean, similar to, um, to Hazard, just, he could, maybe, maybe a Derek Brunson, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe a Derek Brunson, or possibly even the winner of, uh, Nagera against, uh, Chauvin, because, I mean, he just looked, he looked sensational, his defence was, was particularly impressive as well, the, the commentators kept on talking about how he had a great chin, I disagree with that slightly because I don't think he was showing he had a great chin. He he just defended very well. He blocked pretty much every strike because the start of the round, round one, like, no, Al Hazza came in trying to take his head off, and he he was just unloading combinations against the fence. But when you looked at it, Lizzie's just blocked basically every single one of them, and just and and he just kept his head out of the way. He never took a shot clean, so. In that respect, I'd say it's better defense than chin. Maybe he does have a good chin, but I just don't. I don't think it was tested here. It, on the face of it, it looked like he was getting it tested, but actually no. His his defense was just rock solid. Yeah, keep an eye on him. Oh, I'll tell you what would be a great matchup for him next. Marvin Vittori. That would be excellent. Yeah, make that happen. Munir Aziz against Marvin Vittori. Do that in a couple of months. That that would be. An excellent fight, because Vittori is looking to, to keep moving up the rankings. Manila Aziz definitely needs a ranked opponent next. Marvin Vittori, final answer. Get Make that happen. Stamen versus Rivera. That was it. That was a good fight. I, I thought it would be a good fight, and it was. Like, both of them you know, went for it from start to finish. I feel like uh, Stamen was just a little bit outclassed. He was just, he was just, Rivera's just a little bit too good for him in every area, really. And I was very happy to see uh, Rivera back into back in the win column because he's had a couple of rough fights. And like Jimmy Rivera is one of the most talented guys in a very talent-rich division at 135. This one was competed at 145, but Rivera's weight class is 135. Same with Stamen. I don't know if they're both going down. I know Rivera plans to go down. Don't know if Stamen's going to go down as well because. No, he he is thick. He is thicker than a Snickers. That Cody, Cody Stamen. Like he's you know thick boy fight thick boy fight club. Anyway, yeah, it, I think that both of the, both of them 
you know, have got a lot to look forward to. Stamman's going to probably get back into the wing column in his next fight, I would have thought. Uh, Rivera, let's see if he can try and climb back up the rankings and see if he can maybe get a rematch with PC Yan, see if he can do something differently. Either way, future's bright. Look forward to seeing them again. And another highlight, Elliot versus Benoit. Again, oh, I had a little bet on this one. Uh, I had a uh, Benoit boss. They kept calling him Benoit. Is that right? That can't. That doesn't sound right, does it? Benoit. I mean, when like back in the day when you know in WWE when Chris Benoit was about, you know, when Jericho was making fun of him, he used to call him Mr. Benoit. But surely that's Benoit. Either way, they kept calling him Benoit, so I'll call him Benoit. Um, yeah, it, it was. Strange calling from Elliot, I noticed in that. Like, because I I had it one and one going into the third. And his corner was saying, keep it boring. You've got this already. Just keep it boring. Just, and it's like, eh, I don't know if that's the best way to tell your fighter to go in. Keep it boring. Do you know what I mean? If, especially, well, I, I thought it was one to one. I, the, the fight metrics were very strange on this one. Are they, are they definitely accurate? Because I thought... That Benoit had Benoit, sorry, had some had way more significant strikes than he did. I don't know. I can't remember what the actual numbers were. I just remember looking at them when they came up on the screen and being very surprised. And yeah, is uh, in but the thing is, the fight metrics—they don't always tell the whole story of the fight. I was listening to um, Believe You Me podcast, and I think. Uh, Gomez, shout out, great podcast. If you don't listen to the Believe You Me podcast with Michael Bisping, you definitely should. It's fantastic. Um, they, were, they were just having a raised question, should the judges uh, get the fight metrics? And I argue that no, they shouldn't, because the fight metrics don't often tell the whole story, and I think that actually it's it, the, the judging criteria needs to change. We all know that. But it's, 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 it's a topic that's been flogged you know, until it's dead, but the judging criteria hasn't changed. They still use the boxing 10 must system. And it's still largely based on strikes. What you, okay, you get a point for like getting the takedown and getting the dominant position. But what about what about submission attempts? Because I would give Benoit that second round. But just because he was being aggressive and trying to get the submission. Because, like, because it, just because he didn't get the submission, he was still trying to finish it. It's showing that he's attacking. He's still attacking, right? If you're on the feet... And you're throwing jabs and kind of, you know, like like a Cody, uh, uh, no, like um, a Colby Covington style, where you're taking, where you're not throwing a full clip, you're just trying to overwhelm with volume and get some points. You see a lot of point strikers, but you get a point per strike because you're attacking. So if you're attacking with submissions, surely you should get points for that because you're still attacking. If you're throwing with a jab, like you're not going to, it's rarely you're going you're gonna to finish the fight. So, just because it's not a fight end, look, with a submission, for it to count, it has to end the fight. And I don't think that makes sense. I think that for submission attempts, you should get a, a, a check against your name. Okay, attempted a submission there, because what's the other guy doing? He's just defending. Maybe the other guy gets a point for, for successfully defending as well. But either way, it's, it, I, I don't have all the answers. I'm a dummy. But... Something needs to change in the scoring system because I, I think that it was it, it the the fight metrics they always bring up. Number one, I don't think that they should bring those up because the judges don't have them anyway, and they shouldn't have them. 
because I think, that, as I said, the, the fight metrics don't always tell the entire story because I thought that Benoit was the more effective striker in places. I mean, they kept, and also I found it strange that the commentators in round three kept on talking about how tired Benoit was. I'm going to keep calling him Benoit because I can't. Benoit just doesn't sound right. And they kept on going on about how tired he was. He didn't look nearly as tired as Tim Elliott, who had blood all over his face. Who just like, who was just, sorry, who was just sweating all over the place, mouth wide open. And Tim Elliott looked tired, not not Benoit. I mean, maybe Benoit was tired as well, but they were both in the third round. It, it was, the, the whole fight had a very odd feeling to me. But either way, you know, Elliott did enough to get the win. Um, it, it was... It is what it is, you know. Fair play to him. Like, look, sit, I look forward to seeing him move on next. And uh, yeah, and, and even Benoit as well. I think that he he showed that he's actually he's pretty good. Obviously, I had some money on the submission at ten to one. So when he had that knee bar, I was out of my seat. I was out of my seat. Yes, go on, because you know he's a Danaher guy. So those Danaher guys love leg locks. So I thought ten to one that was worth a shot. And right at that moment, I thought I was counting my money already. And then. And it slipped out of it. Terrible. Then you've got the main event, Qatar versus Ige. It was a fun fight. It was it was it was very uh, comprehensive by Qatar. I thought Qatar Ige looked good countering, and he had his moments certainly. But for me, Qatar looked just dominant. He looked he looked crisp. He looked technical, and uh, yeah, it, it was a good stand-up fight. And, and it was constant pressure from Cater that I think really um, edged it for, the, for him and the judges in, in every round. And he, he was just—he just looked very, very technically good. He, he just looked very competent in there. And it will be interesting to see who he gets next because actually he's moved up now to—I think he's now ranked fifth or something like that. And you've got above him, you've got the Korean Zombie. And, uh, and Brian Ortega, but both those two are tied up with each other. I think they're going to fight each other soon. Uh, then you've got um, like Max Holloway up there. Maybe maybe you give him Max. Maybe. Maybe you could give him Max. I don't know. But then you've got you've got Zabit up there as well. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Uh, because he's already fought Zabit. And like, maybe... Maybe the rematch with Zabit could be on the cards, because as far as I remember, I might be wrong here, but from my memory, uh, the, the last round when he fought Zabit, um, Zabit was kind of lucky to get out of there. Like it, it, the, the, the momentum of the fight shifted completely, and there was an argument that if that was like a five-rounder, then Keita would have you know come back and won. So maybe, to answer those questions once and for all, a rematch with Zabit is on the cards. Yeah, yeah, Rodriguez, he's, he, he's, he's with an out and opponent at the moment. Um, yeah, lots of good fights to make. Yeah, yeah, Rodriguez or a rematch with Zabit. And uh, yeah, that was the main event on a very fun card. We've got another fun card coming up on Saturday night. My bets, as always, were absolutely terrible. Um, let me know what you thought about the fights, you know, and about the uh, refereeing as well. Uh, Dan Mahavedi, um, yeah, he needs to take a look at when he's standing these fights up because. He was standing up the the first fight, Laziz versus Al 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 He kept standing. They they go to the floor for like twenty seconds, and then he'd stand them up like straight away. You need to earn that stand up. You either need to like tie up your opponent so that the referee's forced to stand it up after no action after a minute or so, 
But you can't just have the referee as soon as it goes to the ground standing up. It's not kickboxing. Other than that, Mavahedi, he's, he's, a, he's a good referee, you can tell. I like him. He's assertive. He's very assertive. After the, um, the prelim fight where the guy fell through the uh, cage door and there was a debate about you know, whether the elbows were legal or not, Mark Goddard said, would you like to look at the replay? And he said, no, I know what I saw. That's good. I like that assertiveness. So, like I said, I'm not saying Mahavedi's a bad ref. Not, not by any stretch of the, of the imagination. He's very good. In fact, I really like him. He's very, kind of, just, like I said, very sure of himself. But, I do think he uh, stands up the fights slightly too quickly. So, it's something, you know, we're, we're all looking to improve on, on whatever we're doing. And I think that's the way he could improve. Maybe, maybe he feels differently. But either way, like I said, not saying he's a bad ref. He's a very good referee, in fact, but it's not kickboxing. It's mixed martial arts. Grappling is a huge part of it. You need to let the wrestlers and the grapplers, um, uh, you know, cry, uh, like ho like cry, earn their uh, their positions. Once they've earned their positions, you you have to let them. You have to give them an opportunity to work. Is what I'm trying to say. And I don't feel like Mahavedi. Uh, Mavahedi was was doing that necessarily, but yeah. Uh, e either way, excellent night of fights. We, 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 this is the great thing about the UFC. Like, you watch a whole event. It's not just main event heavy. This is why I love it so much because there's always going to be a good handful of excellent fights. There, there are some bad fights as well. Don't get me wrong, but on the whole, you'll always see a lot of highlights throughout the night. And uh, Wednesday night was no exception. I doubt that Saturday night will be an exception. I'll be tuning in. I've already put my terrible bets out, and they are. You know, there's well, actually one of them's not a terrible bet, but it's just it's it it's always unlikely. So if, any betting is terrible, really. Do you know what I mean? Just always bet within your means. That's what I say. But either way, keep those bets terrible, and uh, yeah, I'll catch you next time.